This episode is brought to you by Habit Aware. What better way to start 2024 than by bringing awareness to your BFRB? My Keen 2 brings awareness to my trichotillomania by giving my wrist a gentle hug or vibration when I'm doing the scanning behavior. Bring awareness into your life by visiting barbaralley.com slash habitaware and use code LALLYLOVE for 10% off the replacement training bundle. I'm 36 years old. I'm from the UK, as you can probably tell from my accent. And I've been pulling my eyelashes out since I was about seven. So nearly 30 years. Unfortunately, it's a very long time. So it's been, it's been a very, very long journey for me on and off. And I've got to a point where I just thought, with now that I have my daughter, obviously, she's now three. I don't want her to, because obviously she's going to, she starts to mimic everything that I do. And I just don't want her mimicking that behavior and then developing it herself. So that's kind of my motivation to to conquer it once and for all, hopefully. <laughs> so when you first started pulling your eyelashes, do you remember that specific moment or any time after that? No, not really. It was almost like an out-of-body experience, to be honest. I never really, even now, like most of the time, I don't even realize I'm doing it until it's kind of like I almost come back into my body and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I've pulled out like 14 eyelashes. It was only really when my mother started noticing the gaps in my lashes that it then became apparent that, okay, I'm doing something that's quirky or strange or not normal, in quotes, Yeah, and it just kind of went from there, really. When your mother did notice, what was her reaction like? And what are some things that she would do with you to try to maybe help? Uh, Yeah, she didn't have the best reaction, to be honest. But I think now I know it's because obviously she'd never come across something like this before. She was concerned. She was worried, naturally. But she was quite, she seemed quite angry. You know, she's like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And I was just kind of like, I didn't know how to answer because I genuinely didn't know why. And then it became like a, almost like a little guilty secret that I had then. I would try and, I would still continue to do it, but try and do it in a way so she didn't notice. So try and hide it in different ways, like like pencil in some eyeliner or something, you know, to try and cover the gaps. But obviously mothers know these things. They always know. <laughs> when did you find the name for trichotillomania? It was actually when I met my soon-to-be ex-husband, be honest because before I met him I didn't even know it was a condition I just thought it was a strange thing that I did because no one could really tell me a name for it or anything no one seemed to know what it was or why I was doing it and it was only when I met him because he pulled out his eyelashes as well that we realized that oh okay this is okay this is not just something weird that I do it's it must be something it must be like a thing. And so I sort of did some research into it. And that's how I found it was called trichotillomania. But it took me a very long time to discover <laughs> that it was actually a condition. When you noticed that he was pulling out his eyelashes too, what thoughts were going through your mind? It's hard to say, really. In a weird way, it was like a relief thinking, okay, I'm not the only one that does this. 
But at the same time, it's like, oh, gosh, I've got to stop him from doing it. Otherwise, you know, it's just going to get even worse. And he would, when he would have a pulling session, it would literally be the whole lot. Every single lash would go. Whereas mine, I've like never been left with absolutely no eyelashes at all. I will always have at least a few, like very sparse, but I've never actually pulled out the whole lot. I suppose everyone experiences it in a different way. It was very strange seeing that and thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I, I need to stop him. But at the same time, I was kind of fascinated thinking, wow, you know, this I'm not the only one that does this. When you both found out that you were doing the same thing, were you kind of accountability partners for each other? We tried to be, yeah. Yeah, throughout our relationship, like he would sort of, we'd just be sitting on the sofa or something watching TV. And if he noticed that I was pulling, he'd be like, stop it, like that. <laughs> and same like, you know, vice versa. If I saw him pulling, I would say, you know, stop it. Or I would just sort of smack his hand away. But I suppose it's not really the best way to do it. There's probably better ways we could have sort of dealt with it and helped each other out. But we were both doing it for very different reasons. And to be honest, we didn't really talk about it too much in depth. We just kind of grazed the surface of it. And then it was kind of like, okay, you know, we both do this weird thing, you know, let's just kind of get on with it. So mm-hmm. I kind of wish that I'd sort of delved into that a little bit more looking back. But it's a very strange situation that I'm in now. <laughs> was he the first person that you met with trichotillomania? Yes. Before him, I'd never met anyone else whatsoever. And it's actually strange because since I created my account on Instagram to help spread awareness and help me combat it and help support anyone else with BFRBs, my second cousin, who actually lives in the US, she opened up to me and told me that uh, she's got trick and she's had it since she was about 10. She tends to pull the hair from her scalp. And I just thought it just made me think, oh my God, is it? Could it be hereditary in some way, you know? Because like like I said, before I met my soon-to-be ex-husband, I literally had met, never met anyone with with this condition. Now I'm getting all this support coming in. It's absolutely amazing. People saying that, you know, all this support that I'm getting and what an inspiration it is, I'm spreading awareness. And I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's really, really touching. I'm thinking, well, if I can help at least one person, that's all I want. Because as we both know, it's there's very little awareness of it at all. Like I said, I was 24 before I even knew it was a thing. So I think it's important that what we're all doing via social media is is spreading awareness and, and helping people and opening up and sharing our journeys. And it's it's helping possibly other people realise that they may have the same condition or something similar and help them get the support that they need. I think that's really important that we just get the word out there and and help people where we can and help ourselves. <laughs> what was the driving force behind creating the Instagram? I think it was my motivation like for my daughter to obviously, like I said, to to combat it, hopefully, once and for all. And I thought if I can meet like-minded people who are in a similar situation or the same situation, it will help me to sort of open up about it a bit more. And hopefully, because I'm finding that it's already working. I've not had the account for very long. And already there's this this massive community out there, which I never knew existed. And it's just amazing. Like we're all supporting each other through this. Just meeting people like yourself. It's just like, it's amazing just how much it's impacted my life already in such a short space of time. It's, it's all for my daughter, really, because I, I don't want her to go through what I've been through the last, for the last nearly 30 years as you can probably understand. <laughs> when you were growing up, did you pull from any other areas on your body? 
So I did touch upon my eyebrows for a little while, but I have very fair eyebrows anyway, so it never really was noticed. And my eyebrows, they've never really grown evenly anyway. But there was a time where I did start pulling the hair from my head because I used to have a middle parting and like had like a bob with like the fringe or bangs, as you guys call them. And I would pull from the parting. Now, it never really was. I never had bald spots or anything. Like that. It wasn't it didn't get to that stage, but it got to where it was noticeable because I had little tufts of hair growing back by the parting when it started growing back. So but no, it's majority of the time it's been my eyelashes. And I know for some people, they have multiple BFRBs. So they might have trichotillomania and dermatillomania. It might be at the same time or separately. Have you had any other? Not that I'm aware of, no. No, I've never really been one to sort of like pick my skin or anything like that. But there may be times where, you know, if you get like a hangnail on your nails and you're sitting there pulling it away. I mean, there's been times where I've got a little bit carried away with it, I suppose, but not to the point where... It's been like sore or I've got like, like I've taken off layers of skin. So now I wouldn't say that I've I've got multiple BFRBs, but you never know really until you sort of, someone notices it or brings it up. I suppose you don't really think about it. I mean, in my experience, I've never really thought thought about it. With my trichotillomania, I will notice sometimes I'm pulling out my lashes almost every single day. Other times it's two mm. weeks and I haven't pulled anything. Have you noticed that there's like an up and down with your pulling? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I tend to pull when I'm bored or anxious or stressed out. That's usually the reason behind my pulling most of the time. But yeah, I can go like maybe a couple of weeks or so and then something will happen that will trigger off again. But there's been times where I've been pull free for quite a number of years and then something will happen like a a life changing event or traumatic event and then it just triggers it and then it starts all over again. So it's like a never ending cycle. (laughs) What are some things that you do to try to help decrease your pulling? I've taken cognitive behavioral therapy before, which I found really, really helpful. And one thing that and one tool that I sort of took from that was um, when I get the urge to pull because I usually sort of run my finger along my lash line like this now instead of doing that my therapist told me to literally just run my finger all the way around my eye like both lash lines basically keep doing that until I effectively get bored and then the urge disappears and I find for me that that really works I've also got like a stress ball I can use but for me personally, that I don't feel that is as effective because it's not really mimicking the the action of the pulling, if that makes sense. It's more sort of this, this is what I tend to do. And then when I sort of get bored, then the urge goes and then I'm okay. But I'll try and keep my hands busy as much as I can. Because I find when I do pull, it's literally if I'm just sitting on the sofa watching TV or watching a film and like my hands get fidgety and then it's it's, it's sort of like I have to do something with my hands so I end up pulling and so I have to try and keep my hands busy in some way either by like just just holding my cup of tea or like holding my blanket <laughs> just keeping my hands busy so I don't then reach reach for my eyes what is something that you wish people who didn't have BFRBs knew about BFRBs don't say to people why can't you just stop it's like if it was that easy I think we all would have done that I would just say trying to be a bit more understanding, a bit more patient with us because it's not easy. You know, it is an addictive behavior. 
in some ways and you can't just stop it I mean we all wish we could just stop it but it's not that easy unfortunately there's a lot of anxiety and stress and and emotions behind it and the you know which all stems from why we do it in the first place for me it was it started when I was seven when my parents divorced it was like my coping mechanism to deal with with that because obviously my parents were no longer living together I only saw my dad a few times a week my dad had his own personal issues with alcohol unfortunately and eventually he just stopped seeing us all together and that kind of heightened it for me as well because I felt it was my fault that I'd done something wrong like you know dad daddy didn't love me enough or daddy didn't want daddy didn't want me or daddy didn't want to see me when really it's because he was dealing with his own demons you know and I've had to go through a lot of therapy to sort of make my peace with that and I've now got issues with abandonment because of that in my childhood so I'm trying to work on that at the same time but it all stems from all, all of these different things sort of sprout out and it's all like the root of it is is from my parents divorce and my dad's own personal issues that he had in his life unfortunately when you would see therapists I know you mentioned that you did cognitive behavioral therapy when you told people about your trichotillomania did they have an understanding of what that was did you know HabitAware also offers virtual peer coaching? This one-to-one peer-based program will coach you through shifting mindset, practicing healthy strategies, and creating your personal roadmap to recovery. To work with me, Ellen, or Anila, head over to HabitAware.com coaching today. Nope, not at all. <laughs> They'd be like, what is that? And then I have to go like try and explain it all. And then even then they'd still be like, I've never even heard of that. And that's kind of, you know, having those experiences over the years, it's made me think there really is not a lot of support and not a lot of awareness about this, which then obviously helped me with setting up the Instagram account and um, meeting people like yourself and like our little community that we've got. It's great. I love it. (laughs) It's the absolute best. Yeah. I can't imagine a more welcoming or loving community than the one we have. Definitely. Definitely. Shout out to all our BFRBs out there. (laughs) I felt similarly with the therapists that I saw because sometimes Mm. they wouldn't know and I would have to educate them. And that frustrated me because I was looking for help. Like, I'm like, please help me. What? How? I'm like, I don't know. Don't you know how? I was frustrated because, like I said, I I was this little kid looking for help and I really wanted to know what was wrong with me. And I was often misdiagnosed with other disorders or conditions did you have a similar experience yes definitely definitely I think the first time I went to the doctor about it when I was a kid I think my mum must have taken me I don't remember much of it but they just they were completely clueless so they'd obviously never come across it before so obviously that was frustrating to my mother because she didn't even know what it was and obviously she was worried about me I was obviously very scared because I'm thinking I don't know why I do this. I just know that I do it. But I can't explain why. So only since I've like as I've gotten older, that people open up about it a lot more, and they're more willing to talk about it. They talk about the struggles. I mean, mental health is one thing that you know is talked about so much now, and it's so amazing that it is because most people, I myself as well, have 
dealt with mental health struggles for most of my life for many different reasons. And I think it's important that these things are talked about because, you know, the saying a problem shared is a problem halved. I truly believe in that. I used to be someone who would just bottle up my feelings, my emotions, everything, because I just thought I shouldn't talk about them or, you know, it's not appropriate to talk about them when really it's, it helps in so, so many ways to talk about how you're feeling, what you're going through. You know, it's it's so important to talk to people. It doesn't even have to be anyone you know. You could talk to your, your GP. You can talk to your hairdresser if you want to. <laughs> you know, someone that you feel comfortable with. But it's so, it's so important to talk about these things. Otherwise, it's just going to eat you up inside and it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And I myself struggle with self-care as it is being a mum of a three-year-old as I'm sure many other mamas do and anyone in general really like if you're someone who's always you're like a people pleaser like myself you're constantly worrying about everyone else's feelings before your own and you get to a point where you can't keep pouring from an empty cup as I was told and that's really stuck with me because I think it's so important to look after yourself yes you know, if you're a mother or if you care for someone or even a pet or anything like that, it's important to care for them. But you need to always make sure that you look after yourself as well. Otherwise, you can't look after someone else if you're not even looking after yourself because you won't have the energy. You won't. One of my sessions in CBT that I did was um, my therapist gave me this really great analogy where she said, imagine that you're on a plane and for whatever reason, the oxygen masks have to come down. Now she said, whose do you put on first? I said, well, I'd put on my daughter's, you know, and anyone like anyone else that needed my help. She was like, but she said, that's all well and good. But if you keep going around helping everyone else put their oxygen mask on all the time, you're losing oxygen. She said, eventually you will just run out. And I thought that's a really good way of looking at it. So she said, that's why it's so important to make sure that you look after yourself and you need to put yourself first sometimes. So I'm still learning that. Like, for example, just my self-care routine is literally just having a nice hot bubble bath in the evening with a cup of tea. <laughs> that's my sort of, you know, that's how I wind down from the day and just relax. But it's it's hard to shut off sometimes when you've got so many things going on in your head. And then, yeah. My next question was, what are some things that you like to do for self-care? Ah, yes. Yeah, so a nice hot bubble bath is always my number one go-to. A nice hot cup of tea in the morning. I can't function without that <laughs> in the morning. I like to just sit and sit and watch films. I'm not really an outdoorsy kind of person anymore. <laughs> I used to be about ten years ago, but it's kind of like, I like just staying in, like my home comforts. You know, having a nice cup of tea. You know, with a big bag of crisps. <laughs> And just putting on a film and just chilling out with my daughter or just taking her to the park or taking her swimming. She's very much, she loves being outdoors. I have to sort of <laughs> push myself to take her sometimes thinking, no, it's important for her to get outside and it'll be good for me. It's just, yeah, I know I'm definitely someone who needs to get fresh air a lot more. I just, I think I just, I become like a hermit in some ways. So I think I like my home comforts and I like to stay where I feel safe. <laughs> So when you had moments where you were pulling a lot, were there any times where you felt like you couldn't attend social events or activities because of your missing eyelashes? Admittedly, no, because I've got a way of doing my makeup. I mean, you can't really tell because my fits come off now, but 
the way I do my makeup tends to hide it. And obviously there's things like fake eyelashes and that, which I don't really tend to use now because I find that they actually, where I have my eyelashes quite sparse now, they, it irritates like the waterline like on my lashes. But yeah, I try to like, I use liquid eyeliner to go over the top here and it kind of hides it. I mean, the bottom lashes, I don't tend to pull too much. It's more the top for me. I mean, I have got a few gaps at the bottom at the moment, but that's, I think it's because the top ones are quite sparse at the moment. So I'm kind of like, oh, I'm running out, you know, I need to I need to find somewhere else, which is obviously not good. But yeah, no, I don't think I've ever felt, I've been very much never gone out without makeup on because of the fear of people looking at me and going, oh gosh, you know, what's wrong with her face kind of thing? You know, why she got no eyelashes? But I'm learning to sort of, since I've had my daughter, especially, there's been a few times where I've gone out without makeup and not even realized. And I think for me, that's, it sounds really silly, but for me, that's quite a big thing because I never, ever would have dreamt of ever doing that because I was so almost ashamed of how my my eyelashes looked because it would look, I would look really ill. Hopefully makeup looks all right when I do do it. But yeah, I'm not like a one of these like amazing girls who could like contours and all that stuff. I just know I'm terrible at stuff like that. I just put on the the kind of the bare minimum now <laughs> just to get away with it. <laughs> I love what you said about the bottom lashes because I'm the same mm. way. I'm, I pull my eyelashes too. And like they're a mm. last resort. I don't pull yeah. them unless I absolutely have to. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because they would be more noticeable. Do you have any goals for your trichotillomania? I wouldn't say a goal as such. I mean, obviously, like I said, I want to combat it as much as I can for as long as I can. But it's more ensuring that my daughter does not repeat the same action because I think it's it's she's got beautiful eyelashes, my daughter, and I'm so jealous of her. But I wouldn't want her to to go through what what we go through. It's just it's it's not fun. I think we can agree on that. <laughs> if she finds that she's feeling this way and and she finds that she is doing it or something similar. I just wanted to feel like she can tell me and she can come to me and I will support her through that no matter what. Because I know obviously my with my mum, when she discovered this about myself, obviously she didn't understand and she was worried. So her reaction, I 100% think if she could go back, she would have reacted differently. But I don't hold that against her because at the end of the day, she didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. She was just worried. I haven't really got a goal as such. It's just, yeah, just try and su- maybe s- help support anyone else who might be going through the same thing or something similar. I too often wonder, I don't have any kids yet, but I hope to have some in the future. And I, I often wonder, will they have this too? And mm-hmm. I think who to better parent that child than you, you know? So if your daughter does have it, who better to parent her? Yeah, yeah. Because like I said, I don't want her to repeat the same actions. So I've got to make sure I'm more conscious about when I am doing it because most of the time when I am doing it, I don't realize it. It's only if someone notices, like, Lauren, stop. And I'm like, oh, oh, gosh, right, okay. So I need to make sure that I am more conscious and stay in the moment when I am doing it because then I'm more likely to stop myself. Because I have noticed, it's only been maybe a couple of times over the last three years of her life that I've noticed that she has sort of started doing this now and again. And I'm just like, no, 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 don't do that. I say to her, otherwise you're going to end up like mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, there's probably a better way for me to sort of discuss that with her, but she's only three, bless her. So yeah, I I need to make sure that I'm just, I need to stay in the moment with her. And so I don't get to a point where I'm finding myself, I need to keep my hands busy in some way. So I'm just going to do this, you know, but it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> the worst, the hardest, I think one of the hardest, <laughs> if not the hardest ever. Yes, oh, yeah. definitely. What is your relationship like with tweezers? Are they something you have to have around or something you don't have in the house? Oh, that's a difficult one for me. <laughs> um, I do have them in the house, but I have to try and hide them because if they're sort of within sight and I'm sort of running my finger along, I think, right, okay, no, I can't quite get to that one. It's a bit stumpy, so I'm going to get the tweezers and get it out that way and thinking that's just dangerous doing that like I said I, I do I do have them in the house but I try and keep them out of sight until I absolutely say I look in the mirror one day I think oh I really need to pluck my eyebrows <laughs> which is because I've got such fair eyebrows anyway I don't really notice but it gets to the point where I'm like oh my goodness yeah they really need doing <laughs> and I try and just keep no the tweezers for the eyebrows that's it and not for anything else <laughs> I love asking that question because there's a complicated <laughs> relationship with those things for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because it's just so tempting and it's, it's it makes it easier, which is not, that's already triggered me. I can't say that. <laughs> what would be advice that you would give someone who wants to share their story, but they're nervous too? There is so much support out there and such an amazing community and like I said earlier, a problem shared is a problem halved. We are all here for each other and everyone is so supportive. Like I said, in the short time that I've created this account, I've had so much support from all over the world. Friends and family who didn't even know I had the condition and it's just incredible. It gives you so much positivity and it, and it gives you the motivation to to want to sort of do something about it and spread awareness and just support anyone else that may be going through the same thing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Truck Talks. Did you know that I offer a Trichotillomania online course? My course is called Sharing Our Stories. As a gift to you, please use promo code TRICKTALKS25 to receive 25% off the five-session package. You can access this promotion at barbaralelli.com. Mm-hmm.